welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Thank God that we made it by his grace. And we are kept and saved by his mercy. Good morning, Redeemer. We thank the Lord for the gift of another day and for how God is moving in this place this morning in worship in this building and in all the virtual rooms where God's people are gathered together. We praise the Lord. I thank God for another opportunity and that he's brought us through another week this past week, which was hard for some of us as we were watching what we say. Amen. <laughs> Glad that's over. We thank God for, um, I thank God for my family being here, Brother Keith and Brother Aaron. And Reverend Horton, amen. Good to see you in the building. My sister Chris, amen. Lord, we thank you for your word on this and we thank you for how you've been already preaching to us through the songs of Zion and through the worship of your people and through uplifted hands and through patting of feet and hearts that burn for you. Now, Lord God, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to Lord, to you, O oh Lord, our strength and redeemer. Thank you for your message that you have prepared. Thank you for the patience to receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. If you would meet me in the gospel according to Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Luke chapter 1. And I'll begin reading at verse 39. And um, this will be from the NIV. ashamed to say I need your prayers on this morning. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39, excuse me, and the Bible says, the Bible says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And the Bible says, Blessed is she who has believed 
that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, you may be seated. Today we want to talk about holding hope. Holding hope. Bible says at that time. At that time, Mary, a teenage virgin girl, was preparing to marry a man named Joseph. At that time, having yet to be intimate with her espouse, she was told that she would conceive a baby. At that time, Mary, having been visited by a messenger, an angel from heaven, was told by the Spirit of God that the Spirit would come upon her and this baby boy would be named Jesus. At that time, Mary was told that she would birth the Son of God, the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior of the world. And at that time in this first century world, in a town, Jews were observing fellowship and worshiping their God. And at that time, God did perform miracles in the lives of ordinary people. Holding hope. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. The Bible says that the angel had delivered his message about the baby and about her kin, Elizabeth, having a baby also. And next we hear that Mary set out, she hurried, or the Bible says she went with haste to a Jewish town where her relatives, Elizabeth and Zachariah, lived. Mary went out to the country. She went down south, y'all. She went to a town of her people, to a house with her people. The Bible says she traveled with haste, not recklessly or hastily, but she traveled with speed and urgency and excitement. Having heard the angel announce the miracle of her kinswoman Elizabeth, Mary responded with her expecting self. I don't really know and I'm not sure if it's clear exactly when Mary's conception happened or if she was even pregnant yet, but she was already church expecting. Don't you know, Redeemer, that on this Advent Sunday that you don't have to have the physical evidence yet. You don't have to be showing, but... A promise from the Lord can be counted as done. For no word from God will ever fail and nothing is impossible with God. So Mary ran for the hills and for three months she spent time at the house in hospitality being loved on and loving on Elizabeth sitting around and talking like women do the sound of women encouraging one another Zechariah was still mute pastor the sound of women encouraging other cooking together and sharing in the wisdom of the ages it was an opportunity for Mary's possible doubts to be supercharged by Elizabeth's witness and and her hope was overflowing for the future maybe not all the answers but she still had hope 
Bible says, in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you will bear, but why am I so favored that the mother of Lord should come to me? Bless, uh, eulogio, like a eulogy at a funeral. It's a high praise, it's a, a blessing, a giving, a bestowing of hope, bless you. And so it makes sense that Elizabeth's joy-filled response was, was reasonable for what was happening. It was, it was a reasonable response for a woman who had experienced the promise keeper doing it again and keeping his promise. It was a reasonable response. And, and so Elizabeth herself was a faithful believer. She knew the Lord. Elizabeth was a faithful believer in the Lord God because she and her husband, Zachariah, were both descendants of Aaron. You know, Moses' brother, not my son, Aaron. They were both descendants, and he was the priest of the people of God. So Elizabeth was already familiar with the teachings and the scriptures and the stories that said that the Messiah was coming. She already knew about the promise who was to come, the Messiah, the one who would come and restore the people and redeem the people. And Elizabeth had already been a recipient of the Lord's favor. She had already seen how God could do it in the midst of circumstances that seemed too big to overcome because the Bible says that she had been unable herself to conceive and that she was very old, the Bible says. But here she was now expecting. And, and so now by the wisdom of the the Holy Spirit, she knew in that room that she was in the presence of her Lord. She, she had already expected the Messiah to be coming soon. And so she's seen God move in the life of her people and she's seen God move in her own life. And literally she's seen God and felt God move in her womb. So now this was an opportunity for her to transfer the hope that she had and that she held and that she treasured and invested into her cousin, her sister friend, Mary. I'm just saying that this poetically ecstatic response that, that Elizabeth had with an elevated voice, it made sense. And it's what happens when somebody has a testimony. It, it's, it's the kind of thing that, that you hear when somebody knows that God is doing it again. Didn't he do it? When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth had her response and Mary's greeting reached Elizabeth's ears and the baby leapt, the Bible says. The yet born John started doing a two-step in his mother's womb. While the two women speak, there was a response from John in his mother's womb, the one who would baptize Jesus, the one who was an answer to his parents' hopeful prayers, the one who would prepare people for the Messiah to come. There were words, and then there was the presence, and then there's the magnificence of what we hear through the gates of our ears, what happens when you hear hope. Does something on the inside of you respond? Do you shout even before the promise has been delivered? You know what hope is. It's that feeling of expectation. It's the desire for a certain thing to happen. It's the promise to be fulfilled. You know hope is confidence in, it's trust in, it's the belief of, it's the longing for hope. And if the court pleases on this morning, I submit to you on this first Sunday of Advent, that holding hope can be hard. Amen. 
sisters and brothers of the jury, I see your faces and it's evident that many have little reason to logically believe in your mind that anything can get better. I hear you and in fact, the prosecution has already made its case. You know, opposing counsel, the dark one, the enemy of your soul, the spirit of evil, the accuser has in fact accused you that you are unworthy of hope. In fact, the, 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 the prosecution, the, the accuser the, the, has presented a list of all the reasons why we still should not believe. And then perhaps the shrewdest, most unimaginable, the enemy has suggested that you put your trust in it. And so there's pessimism. There's gloominess. There is despair in this world. And there's desperation. And there's skepticism. And there's caution, Pastor, even with God. I hear you, church. I hear you. These words, they do describe a reasonable response as we move through this life and this world with imperfect human beings just like us. And even in the living of our congregations together, we do, we get discouraged and we do, we get disheartened. And there will be seasons of cautious movement even as some of us respond to one another with skepticism. I mean, we say things like hope against hope, hope for the best, hope springs eternal, but these are just sayings and even our church sayings sometimes leave us empty. They're clever, but all the phrases in the world can't convince us to hope when we look around and see what we see. There's evidence all around that the enemy has presented to remind us that we should be hopeless. When your 21st century American city has created and allowed conditions for you and your children and elders to consume dangerously unclean water, what is there to be hopeful about? When the record shows that white and black and brown people who were elected to represent your concerns have in fact participated in the strategic displacement of generations of residents, how do you remain in hope? When the adult conversations about safety and security and sacred spaces spills out into the innocent unconsciousness of our young people and talking in code becomes a luxury of the past because they too get news alerts on their phone, I ask you on this Advent morning, what do we have to be hopeful about? When cities and town in these United States receive credible threats and action to terrorize our Jewish and other non-white communities, our brothers and sisters of faith, how do we hold on to hope? When the science of environmental health indicates that human greed has set this planet into a state of ecological confusion, what is there for me to be hopeful about? There's something that happens, it's a poison in our hearts and minds as we continue to ingest disappointment and you know what you eat, the baby eats. We see examples all the time of individuals and families and communities and generations that slide into despair. That's just the way it is, preacher. 
And we even internalize the oppression from the outside and they walk away and we continue to exist in a state of, oh well. The light of hope is extinguished like a candle blown out by the winds of life. And we read the biblical stories and much is not different. Down through the corridors of time, Pastor, the narratives, the letters, and all of the readings that we do from the first century to 2022, we see that things aren't really a whole lot different. And if you listen carefully, I think we can hear the echoes of the first century hymn of hopelessness. Hello morning, when does the fun begin? Goodbye morning, sorry it has to end, but I've stayed just a little too long and now it's time for me to move on. They say I'm hopeless as a penny with a hole in it. They say I'm no less then up to my head in it. Ba, 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 ba. So many songs reveal this human sense of hopelessness, how we've lost the expectation that things really can get better. Of all the things that we have given up on, one country songwriter wrote, I'm so done waiting for what I want. Hope I can find something to fill my heart. Instead of giving up on all I ever wanted, I guess it's just hopeless. And in the words of the 20th century poet Deborah Cox, how did you get here? Nothing's supposed to be here. I've tried that love thing for the last time. Sometimes we're just tired and we close our hearts off to the possibility of something new. So how can we have all these emotions and see the evidence of everything around us and still hold on to hope? I'm glad you asked. I think it really comes down to knowing where we put our hope. I mean, what is or where is or who is our hope entrusted to? I promise you, if it's into systems and organizations, your hope will fail. If it's leaders and their lieutenants, your hope will fail. If we put all on anything that's been created rather than the creator, we will be standing on shaky ground. And I believe that it was with that understanding that enabled these women, Elizabeth and Mary, to stand firm on their expectation even when all evidence would indicate otherwise. They show us how to hold tight to Advent expectation even when the year draws to a close and even when the sun shines less and less each day and even when it makes some of us sad and, and even as we might be inclined to doubt, we can hope. And so they waited and they waited in the midst of real life suffering. They waited and they waited for the promised Messiah to come. And then the Messiah came, and now we wait and we wait in the midst of our lives. We have to keep waiting, church, because hope is a hunger. There's a God-created void on the inside of us. There's a space that makes us long to be hopeful. We crave the happiness of hope. Yes, we do. 
but that space only God can fill. It's a thirst that only the living waters can quench. It's a hunger that only the bread of life can satisfy. And if, if God has created a hunger and a thirst for hope inside of you, God promises to fill it. So it's okay. Hold on to hope. Hold hope now. Hope sometimes sings if we listen even faintly. It's been a long time coming. But I know that a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. There are times in life, believers, when it feels difficult or dare I say overwhelmingly impossible to hope against hope. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the troubles and the cares and the burdens and the pain and the sickness and the fragile nature of our human lives overshadows the promises of God. It doesn't mean you don't love God. It doesn't mean you're not faithful. It just means life. It, it overshadows God's promises to despair sometimes. It's like an eclipse. Eclipses don't come around often, but when they do, they are global and they overshadow the light. One body overshadows another and it can't be seen. So you may not see the light, but I'm here for you. And I may not see the light in these moments, but you're here for me. And that's why we have community. We're part of a community who is tasked and assigned to hold hope for one another. You hold it for me, Elizabeth, and I'll hold it for you, Mary. And I'll hold it for you until you're ready to come and get it. Have you ever held hope for somebody else? But we don't just hold on to hope, we also hand down hope. Do you know that this is our heritage as believers? It's in our biblical DNA for Jews and for Gentiles. Matthew says, and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. He was the hope of Israel. He was the hope of glory. Generations have been waiting for the hope that Mary was carrying in her belly and it was a dangerous situation. She could have been killed in her community. The repercussions all for saying yes to God's invitation. Him inviting her to live in hope for something that had never, ever happened before. We hand down hope, but will you carry it for the next generation? But it's not just our biblical heritage, it's also a heritage of our people. This is what we do. We are a people who pass on hope from one generation to the next. Our ancestors and our granddaddies and our mamas and our big mamas and our aunties handing down stories that are written in the big Bible at home goings and at weddings of how we kept going when all appeared lost. We hold on to hope and we hand down hope, but we are also called to hand out hope. I mean, it was great in utero, John, that you left when you encountered the hope of the ages. And, and it was right for you, Elizabeth, to hold on to hope as you recognize the presence of Jesus. And thank you, Mary. It was good that you held on to the hope for the world in your womb. But don't keep it to yourself, church. Sanitize your hands real good and then hand out hope. When Mary left Elizabeth's house to return home, she carried with her the anticipatory hope. She didn't leave it on the pew. Let somebody know 
Tell somebody there's a reason to be hopeful so that they can then do the hard thing. Hand out hope in your homes, share it on your job, distribute it to the community. Communion goes beyond the first Sunday and it goes beyond the bread and the wine. It's the sharing and the passing of the good news. How do we do it, preacher? It's in the community. We need one another, y'all. Sharing hope is the friend who brings you soup and Gatorade when you can't get out of bed. Hand it out. It's the neighbor looking out for you when you didn't ask them to. Hand it out. It's the pew sibling passing you a tissue when the word has moved you to tears. Hand it out. It's the kindness of a stranger with a word they didn't know you would need to go on. Hand it out. It's the reminder of God's promises when your eyes are too cloudy with tears to see what's ahead for you. And now that you have received the hope of God, hand it out. There's enough for everybody. Hearing that hope is in short supply, you know, some people say there's not enough hope to go around. It will be a reason to be discouraged in this life, but I present to you Exhibit A. Remember the supply chain disruptions during the pandemic? There was a time when it was beyond challenging to get the proper disposable rolled paper to care for particularly private and intimate hygiene needs. Y'all remember this, because you was calling people to find out who had it. It was such a challenge that local retailers were forced to limit the amounts of said rolls that each customer could acquire. But the real issue at that time was not that there weren't enough rolls in existence. The issue was that they were relegated to ships, they were quarantined, they were locked down offshore or locked away in factories with no available workers, with no one to package them, no one to drive them on trucks, no one to deliver them to stores. And so we couldn't access what had already been created because there was no one to get it out. And isn't that just like the hope of God in this world? It isn't that it's unavailable, church, but sometimes the hope of God is backed up. Sometimes God's hope is on lockdown and there's nobody to run like Mary to the hill, even if it takes three days to go and get it and bring it back. There's nobody to go get it, even if you might be killed for holding on to the light because what you said sounds crazy. There's nobody who's willing to go get it. Nobody who's willing to bear it for nine months. There's nobody willing to push it out through the painful contractions into this world that needs it more than anything. Hope was born into this world through a little brown teenage girl. How about you? So may it please the court, there is evidence of hope and there is enough. Tell them about the testimonies if you don't want to share your life. Tell them there was a man named Job who had seemingly lost all hope and had reason to, but somehow he had been stripped of everything in life and yet we heard him cry, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord or tell them about a young girl named Esther who seemingly had been singled out by the head of a royal household but 
somehow she became a symbol and was courageous enough to lead a movement. She had been prepared for purpose and she was enough and had enough hope in the world to, to, to live out her life and to anticipate something better for her and her people. And if you don't know what to say, just tell them that hope still leaps on the inside. Tell them that for every struggle in the street, there is a program like Philadelphia's Elevation Project focusing on expunging criminal records so that people can move from incarceration to employment and get housing and not return to the pipeline of jail. Tell them the good news that for every story of kids in trouble, there is a Fisk University with the first HBCU gymnastics team comprised of young women competing in a predominantly white collegiate sport. Tell them the good news of hope that for every unfair prosecution and persecution, the federal Justice Department and New York courts are moving toward the prosecution of those who violated the laws from the Capitol and from the White House with their bastardized version of patriotism wrapped in white supremacy. Tell them that here is hope and there is hope and everywhere is hope, hope. Tell them to get up and run toward it even if it takes them days, tell them. So be encouraged, Elizabeth. Bless you and bless your child and bless the baby, whatever the baby is, the hope that lives in you. And, and then she said, blessed. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. You see, first Elizabeth said, bless you and bless the baby, but that was a different kind of bless. That was her giving a blessing on them. But here now, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. That word is different. It's not offering a blessing, but it's Elizabeth observing that Mary was acting blessed. Do you have a blessed attitude? Look at you receiving hope. Look at you believing to see you are blessed. Look at you happy and rejoicing and leaping in the midst of the unknown. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth's words, Pastor, remind me of Amazon. And it's not because I'm on their way too much. Y'all pray for Brother Keith. If you order something, especially around this time of year, it, it can come in weeks or it can come in a few days, even two days with Prime, amen. Um, it can even come the same day, same day. You can order on Amazon from what Amazon calls independent sellers. This is like if I have a business or pastor, you write a book and you want to sell things and that's fine. People have different reputations and reviews and you can see who, who tends to do what they're supposed to do. Or you can choose where it says shipped from Amazon. That means it comes from an Amazon fulfillment center, pastor, an Amazon fulfillment center. That means that Amazon has already procured, they've already purchased these items and they're sitting in a warehouse waiting for you to buy them. These items don't have to be sourced from anybody else around the world, but instead, if they're listed as available from Amazon with this label, that means that they are readily available. That means that they are accessible now. And the best part is, is that they come with a degree of a guarantee, and that's why I choose those. That's the one I need. I need the one uh, that is fulfilled by, because that's a promise, and, and they have to make good on their promise, and their reputation, Amazon, is on the line, and 
even though they've got 66,000 orders to fulfill every hour, and even though Amazon ships 1.6 million packages a day, they can handle the load, Pastor, yes. They can handle the request because they already have what it is that I'm asking for, and if Jeff Bezos can get you your books, and if Jeff Bezos can get me my packs of hair on time, then I believe that the Lord God Jehovah can fulfill his promises to me. I believe, do you believe that there's a reason to hope that the one who said that he would fulfill his promises will do just what he said he would do? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm happy in hope. And if you're happy in hope, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, clap your hands, lift your voice. You've got a new song now. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Mary's song was called the Magnificat. And if you keep reading, it's just one verse later. After she left the house, Mary said, My soul, my soul, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Surely, surely from now on, that's hope. Surely from now on, all generations, Redeemer, will call you blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy, holy is his name. Do you have a new song from Lamentations 3? But this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It's because of your mercy that we are not consumed. Because thy compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Greatest is faithfulness. Heaven hope changes your song, church. It changes your song for a hopeless as a penny with a hole in it. It changes your song to a new song that you can grab a hold of the hope of glory in you. The promise in your belly. Come on, hold on to your belly. Hold on to the hope that the Lord has invested to you. And sing a new song. And you are the only one. My everything. And for you, this song I sing. All my life, I prayed for someone like you. And I thank God that I finally found you. That's okay that Casey and JoJo sang it first. We've got a new song for Advent hope and expectation. We found the hope that lies within. And if that doesn't work because you're too sanctified, and you never heard that before. We can sing a song that the elders sing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, you know this one, but holy on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock. I stand all of the ground, this sinking sand, when all around my soul gives way. He then, he then, he then is all my hope and stay on Christ, the solid rock I stand all of the ground. 
is taking stand. My hope is built on nothing less. Will you hold hope? Will you hand down hope to those who are yet to come? And will you hand out hope in a world that needs the light of the Lord? May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then, the Bible says, you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give God praise. All God's hopeful people celebrate, for he's done it again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word, oh God. We came in expecting, oh God, and you have done what you do. You have filled us with your word and given us a reminder that we can run on and hope in you. Thank you, Lord, that you have set plans for us. And whatever we see is not the end, but it's just the beginning. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord, that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Thank you, Lord, that we can't imagine what you have in store for us. Thank you, Lord, and it is with this hope of glory that we will go out into a world and proclaim who you are. Thank you for allowing us to carry your babies. Thank you, oh God. Thank you that it's never too late and we aren't too old. Thank you, Lord, that we aren't too young and we aren't too brown. Thank you, Lord, but that you invest in us the light of the world. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. Amen. All God's people say amen. Come on, give him glory. 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 If you've got hope, give God praise. Hallelujah. My hope is built. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but holy lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, on Christ the Son. Come on, church, let's sing. church are open. I know somebody's heart was pricked. I know somebody's life was touched. I know that God has been communicating to some people somewhere in this room or somewhere in your home. You might be driving down the street listening to this this um, this service with us and worshiping and you had to pull over for a minute, you know, because God caught your attention or you might still be trying to drive with tears flowing down your eyes. It's okay. That was me last week. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm grateful that God has gotten our attention. And this is the moment. Now is the time. And today is the day for you to receive salvation. If there's one, if there's one who's never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I give you Jesus. He's the lily of the valley. 
He's the bright and morning star. He's the one that'll bring you through what you're going through right now. I give you Jesus. Just come. Come now. If you never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, come now. If you're worshiping online with us, say, it's me. If there's one who's worshiping with us and you know you've walked away from the Lord, you've had a relationship with God, it was solid. It was, it was there. Y'all were locked in, you know. But it's, it's a little different now. And you know you need to come back. I give you Jesus. I don't have to give you Jesus. I just reintroduce you to him, to the master of your soul. Just come, just come. And if there's one who needs a church home, Redeemer is a great place to call home. Say amen, somebody. Redeemer is a great place to call home. Just come with us. Come, come. If you're online worshiping with us, say it's me. Or if you're here in the room, just come. The deacons are waiting for you. On Christ, let's sing it one more time. giving time in the sanctuary amen it's giving time we pray we give we fast and we praise amen the bible says in second corinthians chapter 9 verses 10 and 11 now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and multiply your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in what everywhere so that you can be generous in every way that through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving unto God. If you don't have your giving, your gift with you this morning, there are other ways for you to give. You can give online. If you're watching with us, you can give online. And I believe there's a screen there telling you exactly how you can give. You can write a check. You can send, um, you can send it in by mail. But however you're going to give, give unto the Lord, and he'll give it back. Amen? You give to the Lord, he'll give it back. Come on, trustees, feel free. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we will not have room enough to receive. And we'll thank you for it and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
our God. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And all of God's people said, amen. We've come into worship. Now let's leave to serve. <laughs> 